Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. And... I'm excited to welcome back to the show, Christy Olsen. I'm so happy to have you back, Christy. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. This feels like home, yeah. man. This is good. This feels good. Yeah, so what's on the show today, Christy? Well, X Pop 12360 fans, well, I haven't addressed them in so long. Hello. <laughs> we have got a big, huge, mondo, monstrous show in store for you today. Thank you guys for holding this one off until I was here. We are going to have Woken Matt Hardy calling in a little bit later. We'll get his Survivor Series picks, talk to him about what he's been up to, and more. But let's say hello to the rest of the fam. Hello, Jimbo Frank. Hi. Hello there. It's good to see you. It's great to, back. to be adjacent to you on the couch once again. Once again. And we do have a, a bonus fan member in the house today. He rose from the ranks <laughs> from intern to executive producer on Opie and Anthony before becoming the host of his own show on Sirius XM alongside pal Jim Norton. He's also a WWE personality and the creator of the Not Sam Network. Everybody give it up for the last professional broadcaster. Sam Roberts. I don't know. Yeah, my dear friend Sam. That intro, I feel like uh, we should have a much bigger intro for X-Pac now. No. Because that seemed like a lot. (laughs) He will not allow me to do it. That's not even funny. Remember him as the lightning kid from the GWF days. (laughs) Keep going. Okay. I'm actually (laughs) looking at this. Right, right. He rose from that to become the Comet Kid and the Kamikaze Kid and the Kid into the 123 Kid. He won $10,000. He won the European title. He won the tag team title. He won the light heavyweight title. He won the cruiserweight title in WCW. He is the one and the only, the one, two, three kid, six pack, Sean X Pac Waltman. There's, there's still so many things you missed. I know, now. that was just all, I no paper. <laughs> that was pretty good. Too. Right. Right. Hey, you. so real quick, Thank you. I want to do this survey. For, I was with one survey real quick. And, okay, let me start. Hey, we really appreciate you listening to this show and want to learn more about you. If you have a minute to spare, I would really appreciate it if you visited www.podsurvey.com to fill out a short survey telling me who you are and what you like to do. This information will be used to help me create content for the show and to find advertisers you want to hear from. Thanks again, and if you have time, please do visit www.podsurvey.com to complete the survey and help us learn more about you. All right. Survey time. <laughs> survey hey, says. Hey, yo. So, all right. So, let's, let's get into things. Let's, let's jump right into yeah. stuff and things. Well, I think there was something that you heard Eric Bischoff talked about on his 83 Weeks podcast that you wanted to touch on a little bit. Is that right? No. Well, what happened was there was a tweet. Uh, somebody tweet. You know how people tweet stuff just to stir shit between people? Yeah. Hey, so-and-so said this. Look, look at what so-and-so said. So that's what somebody did, and it was just concerning, you know, a story that that Kevin and I both talked about, and it's like, you know, and it's it's concerning Rod, uh, the incident with Roddy Piper uh, from Boston. They call it that. It was called the Fleet Center back then. What do they call it now? I don't know. Anyways, I mean, whatever, I, but I know the building. Whatever, right? So, uh, anyways. Um, Eric says the story, like the this never happened, but I was standing right there, so I can promise you this is exactly what happened. There was a there was a match um, on Nitro, and it was uh, 
it was Scott, Kev, myself. I can't remember who all was involved, but it was Roddy was on the other end of it. And uh, the finish was everything breaks down into a big schmoz and, you know, uh, chaos and everything. But when Roddy came made his entrance and he got in the ring, he went right into the schmas, chaos, <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, pure six brawl shit. Like right. with twelve, fifteen minutes left in, in, in the match on live T V. <laughs> and so, you know, things didn't go that well in there and, and Kevin ended up tweaking his knee, which I I mean he's already has had knee issues anyways. And so anyways, we got back to the back and we're sitting there in the dressing room, and Kev just gets pissed, and he's fucking slams something down, and he goes, he beelines out the door, and I'm like, oh shit, and I follow him, and then Kev, and then Scott follows me, and we go down, and uh, Kev beelines it for where Piper was dressing, where Roddy was dressing, and the door was locked, so somebody knew somebody was pissed, and uh, Kev just started pounding on the door, boom. Almost kicked the damn door. They opened the door. Um, Nate, Rick was in there. Um, and I don't know if you remember, Roddy had this bodyguard guy that was with him in WCW. Sometimes he had like a beret. He wore, if you go back and look, like you'll see him around sometimes. Huh. Anyways, he was supposed to kind of be like a real bodyguard. Anyways, he just kind of uh, just stepped aside. Nate, Rick said, This isn't about me, is it? Or no. <laughs> It wasn't so much a question as a statement. This has nothing to do with me. And um, uh, Kev got hot, and he pie-faced Roddy. You know, he, you know, and Roddy went back a ways. And, um, you know, and I give Roddy credit, man. He didn't back down. Like, he tried to kick Kevin in the knee. Like, he came up oh. real short. Came up way short. And it was kind of, at that point we just kind of started. Separating it? Yeah, and just kind of started. Verbal stuff, right? And then we kind of left, and that. So that's exactly what happened. Uh, and I'm pretty sure most folks at this point don't really think I'm lying when I tell stories. So no, we'll just I would leave it say, yeah, I would say that based on the stories that you've told, yeah, if you were going to lie, you would have lied about a lot of previous stories. Yeah. That you so told. anyways, like, I, I was going to get into a big old thing where I, you know, presented evidence, played, you know. Played the audio of Eric saying that, but I, no need for that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, it absolutely 100% did happen exactly how I just said it happened. So anyways, moving on. All right, I'm glad we set that Boy, straight. Hey, so we just took a big 10-minute break for me to do that. Like, <laughs> our, like, I was looking for this tweet so we could show all this and that. And sorry about that, guys. I just, like, went off on my team and, like... Acting like a big baby and uh, nonsense. We love so, you, Sean. Anyways, all right. Hey, we heard all your accolades <laughs> later. You are you're totally yeah. good at however you want now. Yeah. But we do want to keep it rolling because I want to get your thoughts on this. There's a couple injuries popped up over yeah. the weekend with some big name guys. Uh, Joey Ryan from MLW in Chicago. He showed up wearing a sling. He was pretty bruised and swollen. Yeah, Torres Pekka here. Yeah, the yeah. night before in Austin, and he did pull out of all the shows over the weekend. And he says he might need surgery. So Oof. we'll have hmm. to keep you guys posted on. That one, yeah. his uh, main body part still all good yeah. to go. He he says that's that's not uh, me speculating. That's him setting that straight. And because, so he could still work the gimmick, yeah, so exactly. to speak. Sure, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could. Well, Cody Rhodes is another one who wasn't working so much over the weekend. He popped up at Ring of Honor in Buffalo and said that he heard a pop while he was throwing out some T-shirts or something something during a T-shirt giveaway. Highly important, I'm so sure. But he pulled out of some events, and his meniscus is damaged, although he says the rest of his knee is structurally sound. So yeah. it's not uh, not, a, not a too terrible of an outlook for, I, you, for Cody. You can, you can operate without your meniscus. <laughs> you can. Oh, you can operate without hey, quite a bit more Hey, you've operated without your pec. I uh, No pec, no I have my biceps torn. Anyways, I have no ACL either. Said a lot more than I, that torn, but go on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, so uh, I just, I would be really pissed if I hurt my knee shooting a T-shirt gun. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. after all the things we do out there and all the risks we take, and right. then, like, you go down and you have to take time off for a T-shirt gun. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Nash must have been pissed that time that his knee went out. You know, the, the oh, chasing he, the fans. 
in spring break? Is well, no, that's that. His no, in the in, that. in WWE, maybe it wasn't his name. I mean, it's no, quad, it quad or something. That was the quad, quad then. Yeah, yeah. And he tag tagged match. in. He's, his first thing he did when he tagged in, yeah. he took one step, boom. And he had just come back from the bicep tear. Right. That was my last match at WWE. Was it? Yeah. Why was it your last match? Well, because <laughs> you really want to know. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because earlier that day, uh-huh. uh, on my way to. Um, to TV for that show. It sure. was in Philly. Uh-huh. Um, like, I had an incident in the airport to where the hot ambulance had to come get me. And was, like, I took some pills and I had a reaction to uh-huh. Soma. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it wasn't a huge deal, like, as far as, like, you know, like, I did, it didn't affect me health-wise, but it's still, like, it's an incident and... You know, it well, doesn't no. sound good. Right. right. But I called and told them that, okay, hey, this is what happened. So I, they wouldn't even have known if I wouldn't have told them. But you did the right thing. Yeah. Well, I figured I did. You well, know. it would have been worse if I just told they you, had like, found out and you hadn't told them. Well. It would have been worse. I don't know. I probably. don't know at this point because this is what happened. So everything was fine. I got there. And uh, apparently there wasn't enough concern to to not have me wrestle that night. Right. So, but then afterwards, when Kev, you know, tore the quad, and it was like the NWO thing was scrapped at that point. That's when they were concerned with me. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Now you've got the you now got it's Nash like out. oh yeah. Now it's like okay, and now they're like hey, you got to go to rehab. And I'm like no, I'm not. Right. Because <laughs> I honestly at that point I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. And you know I me, mean, I'd tell you I wasn't at anywhere near a point where I no you went when you, I mean you. you yeah, but it was just a thing where they were pissed more than anything about the whole, everything, the Kev and you know, yeah. the whole NWO thing not working out. Scott right. had just got letting go. So it was bad timing that that airport thing had happened yeah. the exact same time. And so I wasn't even going to head back and forth with them. I'm just saying, ah, just give me my release. Right. So that's what happened. That was it? Yep. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Wow, so <laughs> Nash's quad ended your WWE yeah. career. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> I never looked at it that way, Sam. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that injury ended my career. That's yeah. not your injury, though. Mm. <laughs> well, for anyone who wants to keep their romantic activity going that's a little right. longer. Yeah. That's right. That Dan, yes, <laughs> the name of my one and try Blue Chew because mm-hmm. I use Blue Chew all the time. Um, if you're looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds in the bedroom, get to BlueChew.com, everyone. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. Check this out. They've got the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. Since they're chewable, they'll work faster than a pill. They work really fast. Sam, you ever tried Blue Chew? Well, I was actually talking about on my podcast the fact that when you have something that encompasses your life yes. as much as wrestling encompasses my life, yes. people go, how do you maintain a marriage? Right. And something that you have to be able to do is go at a moment's notice. Like that. Right. right? At the All top right. of a hat. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, Sam... Enough with the podcasting. Enough with the wrestling. (laughs) I need you. Take those headphones off. Right. Take off the headphones. I don't need the last professional broadcaster. I need somebody else to come entertain me. And Blue Chew allows that. Yeah, because the thing is, is like a lot of, and I don't think women, like, realize this, or or maybe they just don't think about this as much as they should. Oh God, women are probably going. Oh, poor you. Uh, but the pressure is all on us. It's true, Christy. It's all on the man. It's true. In the badger. I know women, some women are bummed. Do you, do you not agree with that? No, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah sure. Because if, 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 if we can't get it up, nothing's happening. Well, a couple things can happen, but you know. None of them right. really The main stuff. event's not going on as scheduled. That's right. And if you need yeah. you need a main event, it's not a show without a main event. And to get to the main event. Then you got to refund all the I'll take it. You don't need, and you need the money. The house yeah. needs to get paid, and that's why you need Blue Chew. Yeah, so you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two, so this is a no-brainer. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. I have the envelope around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to go for it. But anyways. Um, yeah, here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free 
when you use promo code XPOC, just pay $5 in shipping and handling. $5 shipping. They don't call it shipping and handling anymore, do they? No, because the handling will be done yeah. to you after you use <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code XPOC. Bluechew.com, promo code XPOC. And as always, if you support one of our sponsors, uh, you send us a proof of purchase and you will get it. I signed something, 8x10, 4x8, I don't know. Whatever you decide. Yeah, 2x4. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool you do that. So, yeah, yeah, because we appreciate you. Because Blue Chew, um, they support a lot of great free wrestling content out there. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, so we love BlueChew.com. Right. Promo code slash Xbox. Christmas All right. is coming. That'd be a great gift to get. So, what are we doing now, Marcus? Are we taking a break? Come back with Matt? We can. Or, or what? What time is that? Yeah, how much time we got? All right, I can take five minutes. Let's talk about yeah. Becky real quick. No, you want to talk about Becky? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What's? All hey, right, so I'm did you? Bluetooth to Becky. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, there's a few different things here. I just I want to get yeah, a couple more things in before. You yeah. Yeah. Well, there were some rumors about one wrestler taking some performance enhancing stuff. Now, that's all just because he looks phenomenal. Yeah. Do you want to weigh in on this, Sean? I'm talking about. I don't want to get all up into the weeds on this, but in in okay, these days, okay, when you see somebody that is that shredded, it's not always steroid. It's not like that's not exactly like that's diet and okay. Um, like, not that there couldn't be some steroids involved in that, um, but I think uh, I'm going to take somebody's word for it when they go uh, uh, publicly say these types of things. Uh, no steroids in this body anymore. Like, I just kind of will take a person's word for it. And and look at the canvas that Neville started with, right? That's right. Yeah. Like, like it's not like he was ever a slouch. The shape that he yeah. was able to keep himself in, yeah. even when he was on the WWE's schedule. Yes. Imagine if he was able to take that kind of dietary and sure. gym discipline and not have to wrestle every yeah. single night. Yeah. You know, so you're going to be able to do a that's lot. That's mainly what he's putting in his body food-wise and what he's not putting in his body. And uh, and so you don't get that with, with steroids. Right. That's not what steroids do. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not. there's no fat on his body. Right. So anyway, that's crazy looking. It looks like a freaking action figure really does doll yes. from back in the day when they used to use the same same body for everyone right and every, I don't yeah. have abs like this right. but yeah so anyways you now. yeah so Aww. I good for him man I'm glad to see him back on the scene mm-hmm. and uh, he looks amazing from a super from the neck hero he'll <laughs> 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 appreciate that I'm sure let's talk about a superstar one Becky Lynch who yes. found herself in a bit of a bloody mess mm-hmm. on Monday night on Raw yeah. but she's keeping she's keeping it going she's yeah. she's kind of fueling is she yeah. survi- fueling Survivor Series solely at this point pretty much I mean if you're asking me yeah. as a fan like I came off of Raw last night Super excited, like, and and it's you know as long as I've been watching wrestling, it's not like every show gets me super pumped. But it was one of these moments where I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to see Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And there has been a lot of sort of conversation about how invested are fans in the idea of SmackDown versus Raw? Is it enough to get fans invested? And there's, I'll tell you, there's no question about whether people are invested in Becky versus Ronda. I think. That it's going to close the show on Sunday, which is a big so. deal for a Survivor Series show. I think, I think, based on the build for this, yeah, Becky versus Ronda has as good a shot as any match does at closing that show. I, I, oh, absolutely. Right? As a matter of fact, I was thinking they were jumping the gun on even putting those two in a singles match together because I saw a potential WrestleMania match for them. Well, that's I not... know it's probably not in the long-term plans, but, you know, the way things go and, uh, you know, plans to sub- card subject to change. That's right. But yes. it's also key that this isn't a title match, right? It's champion versus champion, no uh, titles on the line, which okay. means that you could easily still do a title yeah. match. So the only way I can see this working is Becky going over. Well, not the only way I can see it working. The best way I can see this working. And with no title on the line, is this yes. kind of the only chance yes. of that ever happening? I I don't know about only chance, but I you know it seems like that might. So I you know I think it's definitely 
I think this would be the match to have as the last match because you're going to be keeping score all yeah. night. Like, you remember last year, Raw gets this many victories, SmackDown gets this many victories. This is the match that you want to see in that spot because this is the match that people yeah. are actually debating who's going to win yeah. here. And so if you're invested in the brand thing, I don't think it'll – if it, if we end 3-3 three to three or however many matches are on the show, if we end in a tie yeah. and that's the tiebreaker match, it doesn't give away any finishes. Um but for me, I I think that Ronda should win. And the reason I think Ronda should win is, number one, she's Ronda. But number two, if Ronda wins, the hunger that people will have yeah. for that rematch. Like, people people want to see Becky win. And it will give Becky that, like, oh, they're holding her down. Exactly. Exactly. You know, anti-hero, you know, thing. And we yeah. don't have to worry about Ronda and Becky interacting anymore because they're on two separate shows i'm just wondering okay after um you know the some of the rhetoric that's been coming out of uh, ronda's ronda's risky rhetoric <laughs> <laughs> just uh you know like not talking okay you can have the sleep sleep on your way to the top stuff the other week with and, nikki yeah yeah uh, but this one with the you know skinny jeans wearing avocado toast that's really like a lot of those people are her fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird one. I think that yeah. Rhonda like skirts this line of badass yeah. and babyface. Yeah. And sometimes when she starts shifting more towards the badass side, you you get a little confused yeah. as you're watching because you're like I, I, you still need to have that sort of sympathetic that's you're right. the people's champion role model. Yeah, person. I think she's. I think you know when you're when you're pushing that, I don't know envelope or whatever, or or you're getting that close to the clip, or whatever the line. Like I think she stepped over it slightly on that one, as far as stepping into territory of unlikable, mm-hmm. you, you know stuff. Do you think that she needs to do that in order to prove? Because Becky Lynch has done pure badass stuff, and yeah. she can get away with it because she's the heel. Yeah, nothing that she, nothing they have Becky do right now is going to get people to boo her. Nothing unless they just get ridiculous. Right, right. Know? But do you think that Ronda needs to push that envelope and needs to remind people that she's a badass and not necessarily this nice person all the time? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I don't think we need any reminder. Like, I mean, we know why she's there. Right. Yeah. Right. And we could, I, I like, see, I liked the, um, the, okay, you're outside the ring and when you're talking, you know, the smile, cause she's, she has a beautiful personality. Like when she's happy and in a good mood, it's, it's really like, it's, 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 um, it makes her so likable. And mm-hmm. I just, and I like how like, you go out there and have the big smile, and the, like the dimples show or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, that all-American girl next door feel and then turns it on just like that and is a killer. Like, right. I like that. You don't have to. I don't need to hear it but, from her on, on the mic. But don't turn it on until we're in the ring. In the ring. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I've, I, I've, I've talked about this before, but I, I feel like the appeal to Ronda Rousey is that, and I think she got mischaracterized in the beginning, and some people still do. They treat her like a female Brock Lesnar, yeah. which she's not, and I don't think has ever intended to be. No. The only similarity they have is the UFC background. And she's a female Ronda Rousey. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I think that, <laughs> that, that's it, right. That's it. But I think the same way Becky Lynch is not the female Stone Cold. Exactly. She's Becky Lynch. Yes. Um, but I think that Ronda, unlike Brock, yeah. Is supposed to be a role model. Like Rhonda is supposed to be that something that someone that little girls can look at and go, "That's attainable." Like if I work really hard, I can get a, a Olympic medal. I can go. I can go and fight at the Olympics. I can get a UFC championship. I can get a WWE championship. Yeah. You know, she's not this freak athlete. She's a role model that's worked really hard. Brock Lesnar is a freak athlete. Like nobody sits there and goes, one day I can be Brock Lesnar. Because no, you can't. He's a no. different species. No, and that's you, what he's supposed to You be. can't walk on the Minnesota Vikings and make the team. <laughs> right. You can't, you know, right. just not, be a UFC champ. You know, come on. It's not going to happen. That's but the, But Ronda smiling when she comes out, yeah. I think, is the way that they can remind wrestling fans that she's also a wrestling fan, so you should work really hard. Yeah. That's Rhonda smiling when she comes out is the new train say your prayers and eat your vitamins, where it's like, yeah, if I work really hard, I can be like that too. And I do think that some of that slips away when she gets into the mean promo stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I didn't like that. And I'm a huge fan and huge supporter of hers. How amazing was that closing shot of Becky in the audience? Yeah. You know, with the blood on the yeah. arm and the blood coming from the nose and just, like, embracing. That's it. She's embracing everything she's doing. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. I thought it was well, really special. Hey, real quick. Um, I just want to talk about WWE Network. Uh, Love before WWE we Network. Go, before we take a break. Yeah. I think I, I know you, you do. Once. Uh, yes. Maybe, but. Yeah, whether I was on there or not, I'd be watching it twenty four seven. Right? Yeah. I mean, have I've been a customer since Barry first came out? Day one. Day one, right? And right. I've been a paying customer, even though I could get a code. I go, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, I'm happy to pay. Me too. My however much it is now, ten, twelve bucks, nine ninety nine a month, and yeah. free to new subscribers, by the way. Yeah. Hey. Okay, so WWE Network is an online streaming service. Bear with me here. I know everyone knows this, but <laughs> <laughs> they're an online streaming service where. You can stream every WWE pay-per-view live. Watch more than 10,000 hours of video on demand and get a look behind the scenes with WWE's groundbreaking original series and documentaries. I've been in a few of those. Oh, yeah. I've watched them. Yeah. Uh, You can access it anywhere, anytime, and on any device, including game consoles, TVs, phones, tablets, and computers. Computers. I said it like that's, that's, that's my Adam... Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, now through November 19th, a special offer just for our listeners. New subscribers get a two-month Whoa. free trial when they sign up for WWE Network at wwenetwork.com. Guess what? what? Slash X-Pac. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this two-month free trial includes the following pay-per-views. This Sunday Survivor Series, where superstars of Raw and SmackDown clash for ultimate bragging rights, such as Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey taking on SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. It says champion versus champion in this. It's Is champion that showdown. versus champion. It's a showdown. Oh, okay. But it's not title versus title. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And on December 16th, WWE Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. For nearly a decade, WWE TLC has been one of the most highly anticipated pay-per-view events of the year. From the WWE and World Championship Unification match in 2013 between John Cena and Randy Orton, to Kurt Angle becoming an honorary member of The Shield in 2017, WWE TLC never lacks in excitement and intrigue. Go to wwenetwork.com slash xpoc to start your two-month free trial. And you know the deal. Show us the proof of purchase. Send you something signed for free. Love that. <laughs> We're going to take a break right now. Come back with Matt Hardy. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360. He would become a 13-time World Tag Team Champion, but today's guest grew up in imitating wrestlers in his backyard with brother Jeff. He started his professional career in 1994 and even ran a successful promotion until signing full-time with WWE in 1998. As one half of the Hardy Boys, he competed in the first-ever Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match, revolutionizing tag team competition with his extreme style. He's held titles in Ring of Honor, Extreme Championship Wrestling, Impact, and more but has become widely known for his creative genius. Please welcome Woken Matt Hardy. All right. Yeah. Hey, Matt. All right. Hey, Matt, how are you? What um, an intro. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, Christy does is amazing at the intros. Hey, Matt, um, hey, can we hear him okay, Mark? Just a little bit of a reception thing, but other than that, we can hear him just fine. Okay, sorry about that, Matt. Hey, Matt, um, uh, I was just thinking, I was telling everybody here about, like, well, I didn't actually get into the, my memories um, of first meeting you, but I there was something I wanted to bring up to you uh, right off the bat, because I know when I... Uh, first went to WWE, like, you know, I was long, young like you guys, and it was really important to fit in. And so, like, I did all these things, and I, you know, like, I pulled ribs, and I did everything I could to fit in. And I remember when you guys first came in full-time, not just coming in for TVs, but coming in full-time, and I was part of this. I, and I'm not going to mention any other names part of this. We were trying to pressure you guys into pulling ribs and doing stupid shit. And and you guys, 
you guys didn't fall for it. You guys didn't do it. And I look back on that, and I'm right. I'm really impressed with that because I didn't go that way. I actually wanted like it was, you know, I did the stupid shit, you know, to try to impress everyone, and you guys didn't do that. And I just want to take my hats off to you for that. Oh well, thank you. Uh, I I think we. I mean, we came from a very, very different world, especially, I think we based a lot of our, like, morals and whatnot yeah. uh, from, by, from our mother, who was, like, this super Christian lady who, like, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't even curse, and then she died really young. She had she had cancer, and yeah. she died when, you know, we were 9 and 11, and then our dad raised us, and he was never, like, a loving uh, dad. He was more of a provider. You know, right. he would get up at sunrise, and he would work till sundown. He made sure we had clothes, we had food, and we had a roof over our head. You know, but he would never say, I love you. He was never really affectionate or emotional. So, I mean, when we came in, we just kind of like lived off those morals. And I think that was our driving force of our mom. And when we came into the WWE at that time, and as you know, it was like a wild, wild west era, especially looking back to how it is nowadays. You know, so it was like kind of all new to us because we didn't, we didn't drink. I mean, we said very few curse words. You know, we were were pretty straight and narrow guys at that time. You know, later, uh, eventually, the business kind of creeped in and got a hold of us, obviously. But, you know, we were just trying to hold on to who we are and I think just trying to follow our dream at that point. So we wanted to fit in and we didn't want to disrespect anyone. But I I felt like, too, we also had these morals that we wanted to uphold. And you did, man. I don't know. Do you remember us, actually? I'm not even I'll just say it. It was like me, Bradshaw. It was JBL, like, imagine usual suspects, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> like, trying to get you. Do you remember us doing that to you guys? I, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I remember some of it. I remember, I mean, you. I always felt like every time you did stuff, even ribbing, it was never, like, uh, mean-spirited, ever. Where there were a lot of things JBL or Bradshaw would do, which felt very mean-spirited. And I felt like he was kind of like, he was kind of that, he was kind of the head of the ribbing department or, you know, kind of the person who, would like take new guys when they first started and yeah. kind of like haze them or make sure they fit into the locker room. You know, so we dealt with him yeah. a lot. <laughs> I have, you know, dozens of JBL stories, obviously, but like, you know, even getting past that and then working with him and kind of gaining his respect, you know, yeah. uh, a, a cool, cool dude when, Very when, cool. You're, when you're cool with him, you yeah. know, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things though, man, like, uh, you you always I think there was times you kind of ripped, but you never did anything like in a mean spirited way. I right. always remember that you were always like super friendly. You're like one of those guys like you remind me of Ray Mysterio. Like oh man, you can't be mad at Ray Mysterio. Like you can't be mad at, at Xbox. You know <laughs> you can't be mad at kid. <laughs> thanks thanks Matt Matt. I remember vividly when you guys came into TV for the first time, and I worked with you know I ended up working with 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 your brother Jeff and I can't remember like we don't need to get it because the stories have been told a million times in different places but I just remember locking up with Jeff and going oh my god this kid's never actually been trained how to wrestle like and then come like a few years later when you guys are there full time things had changed quite a bit like so was that Tom Pritchard Dory Funk Jr. like all that stuff I, I think that it was a combination of what, I mean, like to, to begin with, when we first came to WWE in 1994, we had had probably 10 matches and, and they were with guys of the lowest possible caliber in the business. Uh, <laughs> so obviously we, we were, you know, we, we taught ourselves by emulating what we saw on TV. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, and then after coming to WWE and seeing like, Oh my God, this is the real deal. I think between being on the road and being just, warriors who were chasing their dream and pursuing it and driving 10 or 12 hours every weekend to to be booked somewhere or being around this talent. We learned more and more and more. And then once we got to WWE and we were officially signed and working with like Tom Pritchard and Dory Funk, and then being around all the individuals that actually knew what they were doing in the business. That's, that's where you learn that the only way you learn is by being around people that are better than you. So that's, that's ultimately what we had to do. So we, you, we had no business being there when we first showed up. Wow. Hey, hey. You know, we, yes. we, we really did. But you were there, man, and I give you guys a ton of credit because that takes balls, right? Like, okay, we're going to go do this. We haven't really been trained or anything. We're going to just go bullshit our way, like, onto these TV tapings, and you did it. And, and you know, uh, but I was um, – what I was thinking about was, like, okay, when I used to do – Okay, at, at some point, we're just figuring things out on our own. We're training ourselves out there. And then once you actually get, like, some real training and figure out how 
things are actually done. Like, it's so much different. And it was so night and day, like, between that time I worked with, you know, your brother and you guys came in and, uh, and, and then later on, man. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was just curious as to how, you know, how you felt about that. Like once you, once you started actually getting it right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great observation and it is one of those things, like I said, we had probably, we had wrestled, I want to say less than 10 matches in a real hard, solid ring. And we were booked to do WWE TVs. And it was because, the Italian Stallion, who was booking guys, him yeah. and George Song, they needed more bodies, you know. And then they kind of made a deal with us, like, if you guys start working our shows, we'll take you to WWTV, but you just work for free, yeah. you know. And we think that you have some potential or whatever. And that was kind of the deal. Like I remember the weekend before that when they decided to bring Jeff, uh, he wrestled George South, and he was in there with George. Yeah. And George uh, grabbed him and put him in a headlock, and he said, "Tackle, drop down, reverse hip." And yeah. so I was like, well, what is that? What is that? What is that? <laughs> right. You know, and he, was like, he said, you know, what are you, fruit? He said, he said, he said, listen, listen to me, green boy, I'll lead you through it. You know, and yeah. then, you know, the week after that, we were in a WWE TV, and I wrestled Nikolai Volkov on live television in my first match at WWE. Oh, bless your heart. And, uh, <laughs> bless that, your heart. That, that, that was, yeah, that was obviously very stressful. And then Jeff wrestled Scott Hall yep. on, on his first match, and Jeff was 16. He had to lie about his age, you know, and like just a nervous kid who obviously was a big fan like oh my god this is in wwe and i'm like had to lie i'm not even legally able to compete here but i'm, I'm doing it anyway like how insane it was you know but it, it really is it makes for a hell of a story reflecting back on it hey so you know that scott actually saw your brother and went hey i want that guy that's who i want to <laughs> really? beat the shit out of tonight yeah <laughs> he looks like a star yeah oh yeah well, scott that, knew that, you guys were big stars from the get-go well th- there you have it. I-, I do remember uh and you know the uh, for all the slack that some of the click guys get from back in the day about yeah. doing whatever, you guys were always very very nice to us. Uh, Scott was, Kevin Nash was, always has been. We've never had any issues or never been like negative or bad to us in any way. But I remember after he wrestled Jeff and then you wrestled Jeff the next night, and Jeff felt so redeemed after your match. He was, like, I gave him some stuff. He had a chance to perform again. Yeah, I let him do but some I, stuff. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you, you did, yeah. And uh, and I remember uh, after that match, you guys would see him and you'd go, ice, ice, baby. Yeah, you would sing that song, man, yeah. which was so, so great, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> At what point did you guys actually start to feel comfortable uh, in WWE and in the locker room and feel like not only that you had been accepted by everybody, but that you were as experienced, if not more, than the guys that are in there? Oh, man. Uh, I, I would probably say the the very first time I felt like we were kind of accepted or like part of the, you know, the machine was when we first got an opportunity to be with Michael Hayes and we repackaged and we won the tag titles, even though like we obviously were, we weren't the best representation of the best tag team in the world, but it was like the titles would help us at that, at that juncture. Yeah. Uh, around, around that point, and then working with Bradshaw Farouk after being with him for a month and them kicking the hell out of us night in and night out, and then kind of half-assed earning their respect. Yeah, I mean, I felt like that was kind of the turning point. And then once we had the, the tag team ladder match with Edge and Christian, and it was like, wow, these guys did something special, we definitely felt like we belonged and were part of the family of the WWE locker room at that point. So how do you handle getting opportunities that you're not necessarily ready for? Like, do you guys have self-esteem issues at the time when you're young and go, they're going to figure out that we shouldn't be here. I don't know what we're doing. Cause that was, <laughs> you guys were there for years before you were there with Michael Hayes and even getting the tag titles as early as you got them. Are you guys sitting there going like, Oh my God, we're not ready for these titles. They're going to realize this. Or are you guys sitting there going, this is awesome. We're here. We're here for a reason. And let's just keep learning. Yeah. I mean, at that point we were definitely sitting there going, this is awesome. Whenever we won the tag titles. And I felt like, we had confidence in like our athletic abilities and like kind of our working capacity. I don't think we, we realized we didn't know when we should do everything, you know, at the right time. And we psychologically, I don't think we were as strong as we both wanted to be, or I don't even think Jeff thought about a lot of that in some ways right. or me uh, from, from my perspective. But, but I, I think those, those opportunities where you go like, Oh my God, we're going to be exposed. You, you, you can't think like that. You almost have to be fearless. And part of, boys were like 
you know, fear is only a four-letter word, and we're adrenaline junkies, and 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 whatever the whole way we were sold, which is definitely more Jeff when it's all, when it when it when it's all calculated. But I, I think that was part of us, and like if we had opportunities to just go out and 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 show people what we could do, I think we wanted to take it, and I think we were almost too stubborn or too dumb to be afraid. Like we're no. like, no, we want this opportunity. <laughs> we're going to make the most of it, you know. And, I, and that that pessimistic. Uh, attitude of thinking we're going to be exposed or they're going to see we're not ready. That's like something you, you kind of have to put on a, on a back burner and you mm. have to just go chin up full steam ahead and keep moving forward. That's the only way you really get an opportunity to show people that you you have value. You know, it, hey Matt, I, I was just thinking about this. Uh, do you remember when you guys first broke out your new look, how much everybody gave you shit about it? <laughs> Like the oh, pants yeah. and everything. Oh, I remember it was, it was very, very, very like, what is this? Yes, you know, like you don't you don't wrestle with this stuff, you know. And it yeah. was like even <laughs> it made it a little easier on us because you had Michael Hayes and he was a team player. He was dressed in the exact same stuff, except his pants were hiked up about three or four more inches. <laughs> and, that, um, and that tight shirt with but, the belly but, but, hanging over. <laughs> but, oh my god, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> but but the the cool thing was like a year later, that became like super cool and like everyone across indies and in other aspects of wrestling was was wearing stuff that was similar to it. So yeah. that, that felt cool. Like we were trendsetters, and even you though were. sometimes you got to do stuff, you know, that people are going to give you a little bit of a hard time about. You you really have to you have to step out of your comfort zone and you have to really think outside the box to to do something new and to, and to do something creative, especially in this day and age. That's why I brought this up because. As much as everyone gave you shit about it, it's one of the most, like, you guys' attire is one of the most copied, like, looks in the history of our industry. You mean with the, yeah, I mean, with the UFO pants and everything? Yeah, everybody was wearing them. Like, they call that, like, the indie starter kit now, if you can get the (laughs) the pants and the, like... Right. You know, I mean, yeah, and, 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 you know... uh, and that just goes to show you, like, if someone, if, if the rest of the boys are shitting all over it, it's probably a pretty good idea. Because <laughs> they all wish that they had thought of it. Yeah. Matt, like, how did you feel when you realized things had come full circle in that respect? Like, you start seeing everywhere, you know, everybody's kind of copying the Hardy Boys look in probably a good way. But you go so full circle that you turn on the TV and the Young Bucks are starting to get over big. Yes. And if you look at what the Young Bucks, uh, you can see it a little bit now, but when they were really, I mean, when they started making a name for themselves in PWG, the stuff that they were wearing was like picture-perfect early Hardy Boys attire when yeah. you guys were making your own tights and stuff. Yeah, and, and still, like, they're, I, I love both those guys so much. I think they're both great. I think they're great, like, performers, and I think they're also both great just human beings. But, like, you know, they, they're very open and honest about it. Like, they love the Rockers. And then once Jeff and I came along, they were also big fans of the Hardy Boys. And, and for them, it was a big thrill to work with us. And uh, considering they did, you know, emulate and utilize stuff that, like, Rockers did and that we did, and then, you know, to get a chance to work with them later on and to know that they've become as big as they have now is, is extremely flattering and humbling and, and really makes you realize like sometimes when you step outside yourself and you go hold up i actually have <laughs> done some pretty amazing contributions to this industry you know especially when you have other acts that are so doing so well and so majorly over like those guys are right now emulating you and kind of you know spinning their career off yours especially when you know you did that earlier on spin your career off other performers you saw that you were inspired by yeah you talking about wrestling the young bucks just gave me a, a thought what was the high like that you and jeff were on the night before WrestleMania, WrestleMania in Orlando. Yeah. Like, you know, you're already, you guys are, are riding so high in the sense that, like, the whole wrestling world is talking about what you guys are doing. You've got this match with the Young Bucks, which is a ladder, was it a ladder match at Ring of Honor that night? It was, yes. Yeah, so you got the ladder match with the Young Bucks, which is this dream match that everybody's already talking about. But in your guys' heads, you know that not only is this tonight, but tomorrow you're going to shock everybody and be at WrestleMania. Is that the pinnacle of, of just feelings? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if it was like, as far as being ecstatic. there, it was, <clears throat> it was probably the pinnacle of stress in some ways, just because, you know, even that morning we were sitting there with the Vox and like, you know, I, I get a call from, I get a call from Paul from triple H, you know, Hey, look, man, you know, I, 
I, I know you're pretty good about these things, but you know your brother. I know when he gets in the heat of the moment, he can go crazy. Like, remember, you have WrestleMania tomorrow. We don't want anybody getting hurt. <laughs> you know, then I get a call back from from Michael Hayes, <clears throat> and Vince is there. You know, this is just a regular spot match. You know, this is not an important deal. This is Ring of Honor. Tomorrow's WrestleMania. We need you in this match. <clears throat> so you know, there was a lot of stress going into it, and that was one of the first things I, I did once we started putting this match together. And I, this is how much confidence I have in the Young Bucks, too. I, we told the Young Bucks, hey, man, look, tomorrow, I know we have 30 minutes. We're doing a half an hour. We, we're the advertised main event on this show, and it needs to be good because this is what you're having a record-breaking audience that's going to be here tonight or whatever. We're going to make this match great. But tomorrow, we're doing WrestleMania, and we're in a ladder match. And it's like a big deal. So we just need you to please take care of us as much as possible. And, like, if Jeff tries to do anything insane out there, please try and rein him in. And they were <laughs> yeah. so cool, you know, and, and, and they were willing to work with us. And, and like, we didn't tell anybody about that. But, you know, we were working with those guys, and I knew, like, we just had to make sure that they knew and that they would help us and we could get through this match in one piece so that we could walk in and, and do that piece of business at Mania the next day. And, and thank goodness, because that coming out in front of that WrestleMania 33 audience was one of the most magical moments. Can I just sure. say... actually... Can I just yep. say, um, the to me, as big a pop as anyone got that night at WrestleMania, because we were there. Yeah, we were. And absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I, I was like, I'll never forget the goosebumps when I was just, one of the WWE guys, I won't say who it was, yeah. tipped me off because I was going back. And one of the guys was like, why don't you come out in the audience just for a sec? Yeah. And thank God he did that because I got to see the entrance and everything and just watching the stadium full of people. Oh, Stay everybody. Delete, 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 yes. delete. Everybody was on board with this thing. And that was a time, I mean, that was a couple years ago. That was before being the elite was a thing. That was yeah. when having something going on in wrestling outside of the WWE that was that well-known by the WWE's audience was pretty unheard of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you guys have made <clears throat> such it, it, a splash it, it, since then, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I was just going to say that the thing... And, and, and I, I remember seeing Sean there very well. I remember very vividly talking to like our old friends, and, yep. you know, old people, the colleagues that we worked with and whatnot. But I remember as we got to the building, I remember watching <clears throat> WrestleMania start from our hotel, and we'd done like a five-hour signing that day. We were we were pretty hot at that time, and we'd done like a five-hour signing. We came back, we had some dinner, we started watching the show, and I was like, oh my god, we're going to be going here shortly. You know, we showed up at the end of the first or second match. And then literally they, you know, we were on a bus, the guys came out to the bus and we talked about the match real quick. And then 10 minutes before we're going to go out, they go, okay, it's time. And then we start making the journey to go up to Gorilla. You know, and then we rush into Gorilla and there's, you know, the first time we're seeing Vince in person and Sean was there and Cena was there and, you know, Road Dog and, and so many guys were there that we hadn't seen in forever. And then when we walk out through that curtain and you hear, the deletes, and I see the deletes twice, but the thing that really is burned, the image is burned and embedded in my brain is just the people that were actually like grabbing their face and pulling, I go, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe it. They're, they're really like, oh my God. That, that surprise and shock is just something that is, is so rare in this thing today. And that's probably what is, is burned in my mind more than anything else. I mean, like people were legitimately surprised and they were legitimately, uh, legitimately happy and excited to see us back. And, and that is what, to me, was the coolest aspect of that. And it's a risk too, right? Because the New Day yeah. is setting this up. Like you kind of think, oh, the New Day are putting themselves in this match. Like that's kind of the direction it was going. But then when they step back and it's just those first beats of the Hardy Boys song yeah. comes on and everybody knows and everybody's on board. It was. I mean, Matt, you're right. It was magical. Yeah. Hey, so... Uh, because we don't want to keep you all day. Like, uh, I'm just happy that uh, that you took some of your time for us today, Matt. But like, I do want I want to talk about um, that the fact that uh, I haven't seen as uh, as an impressive uh, reinventing of oneself in wrestling, maybe ever, as I have with you and the woken uh, broken character, Matt. Hats off to you. Brilliant stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing, and I, and I love, I love that the character that we're seeing now. Like, and this is so good for you, Matt. I was watching the network special, obviously the Halloween special, and the first thing that I thought of, and this was before you know anybody had really, ta or I had read about it, I guess. I'm going like, this isn't a Halloween special. This is a variety show. Yeah, 
that the WWE could easily put on once a month, once a week, whatever they want to do. But the idea of, you know, Woken Matt going beyond the wrestling ring and into this hosting a variety show from his house is like, I'm there every week for that. It's reminding me like the gong show. Exactly. Exactly. Like a 70s variety show where it's just every weird thing that you've ever thought of just just pops on. It's like the conquistadors. Like I can't get the conquist the two conquistadors <laughs> right. in the crowd just sitting there like you right. know, clapping anyways. Matt, is there any chance stuff. we'll we will be seeing the show every week? Uh there there's Hello. Oh, the wrestling gods are yes. silencing uh, him. You you will definitely be seeing more episodes of House Hardy on the WWE network. That's definitely in the works. We're gonna we're gonna do some more. Uh, so, so that is definitely something that is 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 going to be happening going forward because the the Halloween episode was such a success, and they they actually told me at the network that they had never gotten that much positive feedback on one of their specials. It's just like a fictional special that they produce, like whatever it may be, you know, it, not excluding like documentaries or the twenty fours or whatever. But that that was the most positive across the board feedback they'd ever gotten from something, and and my whole idea behind doing that was like to try and add longevity to my career and try and tweak the way I perform in the ring so I'm not being extremely hardy doing tables and lots yeah. of chairs every time. I, I wanted to do something that was more character driven that could add uh they could add longevity, add legs to my to my career, especially in ring. And then the once I started delving into it, I became a big T V fan when I was away from WWE uh for that whole while. I really wanted to incorporate tons and tons and tons of like entertainment aspect into it. Like, you know, uh, wink the audience and give them a good inside joke, whatever it may be, because there's so much you can do from wrestling from that aspect. And, and then the, the fact that the, the broken universe is like so undefined and it has no parameters, it really does allow you to do anything yeah. and you can get away with anything. And, th- and that allows you to tell like amazing stories. And, and I think first and foremost, it's what the core of our wrestling business should be. It's just fun. Like, when you watch it, it's just back and it's fun to watch. It's entertaining, and it puts a smile on your face. And, mm. and that's my goal for, for doing it. I got a just big shitty grin on my face just <laughs> thinking about it. Like, and I was just thinking about when you did uh, Jericho's podcast, totally in character the whole time. And I was just belly laughing right, right. the whole time. Just amazing <clears throat> stuff, man. Oh, I just love this Thank stuff. you. That, 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 that was fun. And he was he was really good. He was a good pull to play off of. Yeah, but I just, it's crazy. Like, it's it's amazing for me to see you stay in character the whole time and not break it. Like, and to be able to pull these words out of your ass, like, you know, like just the terminology. It's like, it's, I, I anyways, yeah, yeah I mean, man, I'm, I'm a mark for it. What the? Matt uh, did my podcast fully in character right around, and right when it, when it was broken, when he yeah. was doing it in Impact. And I <laughs> promise you, I was sitting there trying to throw shit at him yeah. to kind of throw him off character yeah. just because I like to test it. And my God, Matt, if you didn't stay just locked in the entire time. It was amazing. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, that's the whole deal with that too. Like, I mean, just commitment is everything, you know, that, that's why I enjoyed working with, uh, with Bray Wyatt so much too. He's a, another guy who's extremely talented, very yeah. committed to what he was doing. It's just kind of a different world in WWE because it's just so much more than just like a professional wrestling company or a character driven company, because they do so many things outside of, the characters and, and they want their viewers to like kind of know what the, the real person behind the persona is like. So obviously I was going to, going to be coming in and out of it a lot. So it kind of like led me to a new thing, which I think you'll see more of in the future. It's like, there's a separation, you know, when I'm at the Hardy compound and I am walking Matt Hardy, I'm committed. And I'm in that when I'm outside in meek Mahan's world, or his more of a regular Matt Hardy. I, yeah. I love, by the way, that everything outside of your house is meek Mahan's world. Yeah. Like everything outside of your house, he's in control of. Oh, his, uh, his, his, his room is, is rather sprawling. Oh. Man. Je- hey, Matt, when, when you first started doing some of this stuff and, and like you were putting tweets out, I thought you, lost your mind man i thought like <laughs> like i oh, thought this oh, yeah. was you were you were like having a meltdown in public <laughs> yeah that's uh one of, one of the most uh one of the funniest stories that, that i have is like carl anderson yeah uh, of the club who like we're, we're great friends now and really we got to work together a lot and just have a lot of stuff in common have kids all have both have all boys but like 
he said, man, I'd met you one time years back, and, you know, I knew you'd been through some dark days or whatever, but, like, when you start doing this whole broken stuff, he's like, oh, man, sh- Matt's on the shit again. It's almost like I, I wanted people to question, like, has is, is this guy lost his mind? Is, is, you, is, is he worked. sane? I mean, that, that was my selling point for making this work. Because, like, whenever I did that deal, my whole plan, and I got to book the whole thing, I had – total creative control when I was doing the stuff in TNA was like either one people are going to think like something happened in this one jump jumped off the top of the impact zone to put me through a table either a they're going to think that something really did happen and something in my mind unlocked and, and maybe he 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 does know where his soul's been throughout the last 2000 plus years or two he just lost his mind and he's on drugs again <laughs> you know <laughs> whatever it may have been you know like I, I I wanted them to question that you know and I, I wanted to to walk that line very very finely Speaking of family, yeah. what's it like to be a father while you're in the WWE? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's 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 great being a dad. I mean, it, it it's tough when you're away sometimes, especially when your kids are young, and especially my oldest, Maxwell, or as uh, Wilkin Matt Hardy would say, King Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 just has developed such a great personality, and like we're like such good buddies now. So like it's it's very tough when I have to leave for. Uh, you know, a, a few days when, when he's here because you you do, you just want to be around them all the time and you want to see their change and their evolution because they, they change so rapidly when they're so young like that. You know, so, so, so that is one of the tough parts. One of the very cool parts is that he can see on TV and that he can play with your action figures and your toys, which is awesome. Speaking of action figures, you just posted a picture of over 200 different figures you've had in your career. What are some of your favorites? Uh, I mean, I, I think the out as a tag team was obviously one of our favorites just because that's like i think that's a representation of like i've made it you know like when you get an action figure like oh i've made it i've you know achieved the goal i've achieved the dream so that, that definitely stands out uh, I, I just recently they put out with my uh wrestlemania 34 uh gear and song actually i think it's one of the coolest action figures i've ever had oh, no, uh, I, don't know, I, I dig the moment out of yourself and i have such a good balance now between like i'm not just a wrestler i'm also matt hardy the dad and yeah. you know i'm raising two very young boys but when you step out of yourself and you look back and you go man i have like all these toys made of me this is insane but this is so so cool like i'm so blessed so so grateful to have had that experience and and have all these action figures it's really an amazing thing i'm very very blessed yeah hey matt i like uh you know I, I have a lot of fond memories. I don't want to get into details, but I just wanted to say this real quick. Like some of my matches, like Road Dog and I versus you and your brother, Kane and I versus you and your brother, some ama- some just excellent matches. Some of them were TV matches, so they weren't real long, but just really, really good stuff. If anyone wants to go, like look those up. And 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 Matt, like. You know, you and I both have had some pretty dark days in our life and come out the other side, man. And it's and it just makes me so happy. Like whenever I see somebody, you know, do that because so many of us don't, man. And I just wanted to, just to tell you how happy I am for you, man, and, and your family. And I just wanted to send some love Thank your you. way, man, because I'm a huge fan Thanks, of yours man. as a human being and a performer. And I appreciate you coming same on the here. show today, the, man. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, no. Is same there, here. The feeling, feeling is absolutely mutual, man. And is there anything you want to touch on, like before we go, like uh, that you want to plug or anything you want to get out there? Uh, you know, I, I I would just say, you know, probably first and foremost is that like I just really appreciate wrestling fans because like without the, the wrestling fan supporting this guy who was a wrestling fan chasing his dream, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did. And, and also I just appreciate all my family and friends and people I've worked with that have just been good brothers, and good sisters, whatever, you know, man, just a, a lot of good people in my life. Once again, very grateful for the life that I've had and the experiences I've had both good and bad. I feel like they've made me into who I am and, as I said right before we talked, I'm very comfortable with who I am. I'm very comfortable with who I am in my life, and, and I feel like I, I know who I am. So the people who do enjoy Matt Hardy, as far as being a professional wrestler or performer, entertainer, however you slice it, 
Uh, I, I'm not done yet. I know, you know there's speculation on, on what's happening or coming in the future. Things change and things evolve, but uh, I'm certainly not done yet. You certainly haven't seen the last of me. And also, uh, this House Hardy special that is going to be a production that's going to be ongoing on the WWE Network. Very excited to do that and like uh, have my wife and have my father-in-law and then uh, also help build a future for my kids, give them something to, to do when they're a little older. They're already kind of be set to to have some options when it comes to the entertainment industry later. Right on. Cool. Hey, Matt, hey anything else real quick? No, anything? it's great. Well, Matt, hey, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. It's I, You know, we talked about you coming on at different times, and um, and now is, now is the perfect time. So um, thank you so much, man. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, Matt. Thanks, man. You too. Great chatting with you guys, man. I, I hope to see you soon. And uh, that's Matt Hardy, everyone. Make some noise. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Is there anything? Wow. Hey, real quick. Uh, we can just, uh, as we were uh, starting to talk to Matt, uh, we got news that Becky Lynch is out of Survivor Series. We do have some breaking yeah. news. It seems that she had at least a concussion. Yeah. It was a concussion and a broken nose is what's reported right now. They don't know the severity of the concussion, but right now the match is not going to be taking place on Sunday. And so does anyone, when when we were watching, did anyone see where that might have happened? Who no, I was actually going to ask you. That yeah, was the I first didn't. thing because I, I, I feel like it happened when she went outside. So there was one, she's out of the ring doing something off camera. Yeah. And then I forget who it was, but she was she was putting the boots to somebody in the corner. Yeah. And there it's like the hard cam and it was like the left side of the screen. And she's putting the boots to somebody. And that was yeah. the first time that I noticed first something on her arm and then I could see the yeah. blood on her face. Hmm. Um, so I... Think that something either must have happened on the outside or on the entrance ramp or, or something. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get that many people in the ring and all that chaos going on. It's a recipe for something like that happening. I, I mean, and it's, it never seems to fail. Honestly, that's why I hate battle royals, Sam. Because mm-hmm. a battle royal is people get in there and they don't like you. Kind of half-ass don't take it seriously, and right. and your conventional battle royal, right? Right. Not the Royal Rumble style, of course. But uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm. This is really sad. But I'm gonna. I, I will say this. Um, hats off to WWE for for sticking to their, per, their concussion protocol and not making an exception on this because I mean. because you know. It would be easy to try to figure out how to skirt around this and go, uh, you know, and try to make exceptions and right. because of how important this match is, and or uh, even do some kind of schmaz right. count out. Yeah, De- Becky doesn't show and, up thing. And the reason why I brought that up is because uh, I I really think that uh, that uh, WWE um, blows NFL out of the water right now when it comes to following the uh, concussion protocols. Yeah, I mean. It- it's pretty. You can say whatever you want, but it's pretty clear they're putting the protocol before yeah, the dollars. That's like right. they're they're the protocol is the protocol is the protocol with no exceptions because they, and we just literally half an hour ago talked about the fact that this is the match that could easily right. close Survivor Series. It's the biggest match on the show as yeah. of this moment, and they're right. going to have to uh, put together some scraps in the last and day. They will. Luckily, they have one TV show. Yeah. Luckily, true. there is one TV show before Survivor Series. Where they can figure out, okay, what are they going to give? If you had to guess right now, and it's pure speculation, I mean, my guess would be Charlotte. Charlotte, they'd pull the trigger and just do yeah. the Charlotte thing. Yeah. Because, number and I know that might be the thing for WrestleMania, but honestly, this might make a Becky versus yes. Ronda at WrestleMania yeah. an even bigger deal. Yeah. And when Becky does come back, Charlotte, who do you think you are taking my match with Ronda Rousey? Yes. And yeah. we can revisit that again. That's right. So in my head, that's the first thing that I thought of the direction that I would probably go in. Because you need a match that's going to be as big, right? Yep. And so... So we'll see, right? Like yeah. when this, when this, uh, when you guys are listening to this, uh, we'll have already known. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I was right then. And like my prediction <laughs> right? was cemented before it was official. Yeah. So, all right. Well... Well, well, let's get out of here. You can follow Sean on Twitter at the Real Xbox. November thirtieth, you'll be in Wisconsin for ACW. Tickets are available at acwwisconsin.com. Hornswoggle's promotion. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! <laughs> and then you'll also be there for House of Hardcore on December first in Wisconsin yes. as well. 
Blizzard Brawl. That's Blizzard Brawl, yep. yeah. That's a tradition in, in that area. Houseofhardcore.net for that. Follow yeah. me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Hey guys, please watch After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen where we break down everything that Eric Bischoff says yeah. on 83 Weeks right here on AfterBuzz TV Wrestling and Sports. You can catch that Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern. And you can always hit me up at Christy Reports. we got some new things in development over here. Very so cool. anxious to, to tell you guys all about it. And Sam, thank yeah. you so much, man. Hey, I had man a thanks great, for having me. I had a great time on, on, on your show last night. Yep. I always love coming on and I appreciate you having me. And uh and I always love talking to you about wrestling, whether it's on a show or just in shooting general. shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're one of my favorite people to talk to about wrestling. So, nice. yeah, and, uh, my wrestling podcast is called Not Sam Wrestling, yes. and it's available everywhere every Thursday. And your ne- and your network, Not Sam Network. Right, you can yes. find the Tomorrow Show there. Christy, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Sean, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if you're not. aware. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, of course, Sirius XM, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. 103. 103 every morning. Yep. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's get the hell out of here. See you right here next week on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.